Hello, I'm Clive Nash. Welcome to Let God Speak. When I lived on a farm, my family noticed a strange behaviour in a hive of bees. They were located high up in the hollow of a eucalyptus tree. We could not understand why the bees were so restless and agitated, but they sensed something that we could not see. A little while later, a big branch fell from the tree. For the bees, it was a major event that caused them to be restless. Human beings can be restless too because of sin. In this episode, we'll look at some illustrations of human restlessness through a failure to accept the rest that Jesus Christ offers. I invite you to have your Bibles handy as we begin. To discuss our topic today, we have John Cosmire and Abel Yorgalescu. Welcome, gentlemen. Good to have you with us on the panel today. But uh, before we begin, I invite you to join us for a word of prayer. Our loving Father in heaven, we just sense our dependence upon you for understanding of spiritual things, and we pray that the Holy Spirit might guide us all as we discuss today and learn from the lessons from, this, from the past. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, well, to begin, uh, Paul wrote to, to the church at Corinth, uh, citing experiences from the Old Testament. And I'd like you to have a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 11 to begin. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11 says this. Now, all these things, it's referring to the things that are recorded in the Old Testament, these, these experiences, all these things happen to them as examples and they were written for our admonition, or my margin says, for our instruction, upon whom the ends of the ages are come. Uh, Abel, what's, what's the value of, of having stories that come to us from the past? Mm. Look, I, I think it's a great point to study our conversation uh, in our study. You could say that uh, a wise person always learns from their own experiences, from their own mistakes, from their own stories. But the wisest person actually is able to learn from the experiences of others. And I think what Paul is really trying to communicate here to the church in Corinth and implicitly to us here today is that probably if we want to be the wisest person, we don't have to repeat the same mistakes of mm -hmm. those that have gone before us, but rather to learn from them and mm. move forward. Mm. Yeah. And, and thinking in today's, today we want to talk about particularly some experiences from the Exodus. Mm. Um, and so, uh, John, uh, did the Israelites at, at the time of the Exodus have any reason to be restless? Any, uh, any cause to be discontented, do you think? Yeah. Well, the book of Numbers, chapter 1 and verse 1 says, Now the Lord spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai in the, first, in the tabernacle of meeting on the first day of the second month in the second year after they had come out of the land of Egypt. And so they had been taken out of captivity mm. and they, they were now free. <laughs> but you discover in Numbers chapter 11, the mixed multitude who were among them yielded to intense craving. 
So the children of Israel also wept again and said, who will give us meat mm-hmm. to eat? Okay. Now, this is the meat of animals and birds. Okay, so this is and verse of course, four, they yeah. didn't have that in the wilderness. So here they were complaining. We remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, and onions, and the garlic. But now our whole being is dried up. There is nothing at all except this manna before our eyes. <laughs> now the manna was like coliander seed, and it's color like the color of... And we're going to talk more about that. But here... Mm-hmm. <laughs> we find that, that they were complaining about not eating meat. And so God said, we'll take care of that. And for a whole month, he gave them nothing but quails mm. until they're absolutely sick of it. And so God ordered a census to count the people. And so the people were complaining about everything. He said, God, God said, all right, now we'll count you. I think this whole story illustrates one of the problems that humanity has in general. We are never happy. We are never grateful for what we have in the present. You know, all of a sudden they were freed. They were no longer slaves, but there is something, there is something wrong with the food that God was giving them. When they were in slavery, they weren't grateful for the food, but actually they were complaining about the slavery. And uh, for our viewers, you know, if you're familiar with the beginning of the book of Exodus, God is actually saying to Moses, I have heard their cry. I have seen their their pain. I'm going to do something about this slavery. I'm going to set them free. Mm -hmm. But now when they are free, they are complaining about the food. And we've got this passage in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter uh, 5, verse 15. And this is what it says here. And remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord God brought you out from there by a mighty hand and by an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. And again, we've got this reminder. Hey, you were once a slave and now you are free and yet you are complaining about <laughs> trivial things in life. Yeah, you'd think they'd be rejoicing, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. That they're now no longer under slavery, but they've been um, seem to be complaining about the monotonous diet mm. that they had. Uh, so, what was wrong with it? Do you think, John? This all this manna, manna, day after day. <laughs> Six days a week, the manna fell. All the people had to do was gather it, and then they could fry it, they could cook it, and it was the same thing, day after day, year after year. It was a miracle, really. They complained about it anyway. Mm. Mm. And so maybe there wasn't all that much wrong with the manna because it was angels' food, but there were a lot of things wrong with the people who were eating it. It was very easy for God to get the people out of Egypt, but it was very difficult for him to get Egypt out of Israel. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah, in fact, we read there in verse uh, 8 and 9 of Numbers 11, that the people went about and gathered the, the manna, they ground it in millstones, they beat it in mortar, cooked it, they did all sorts of things with it. And verse 9, when the dew fell on the camp in the night, the manna fell on it. So as you say, John, it was a, it was a daily miracle, wasn't it? Absolutely. Six days a week, this manna, they gathered twice as much on, yes. on Friday and, it, and had enough to last them over the Sabbath so they could rest on the Sabbath. But, uh, so even Moses... <laughs> 
even Moses had a bit of complaining to do as well. He complained about the people complaining. And <laughs> notice verse 10 and 11 here in Numbers chapter 11. Then Moses heard the people weeping throughout their families, every one at the door of his tent. And the anger of the Lord was greatly aroused. Moses also was displeased. So Moses said to the Lord, and it's, it's almost as though this is your fault, Philip God. Why have you afflicted your servant? And why have I not found favor in your sight that you have laid the burden of all these people on me? What was God's solution, John? He gave Moses 70 elders to help him look after the people, mm -hmm. which was not a bad move considering he was trying to look after nearly 2 million people. Mm. And then, of course, he sent manna from heaven in order to feed the people. And um, they got sick of that. So he said, all right, now I'll give you meat. Mm. And so in came all these birds. And uh, <laughs> verse 18 of chapter 11 says, then you shall say to your people, consecrate yourselves. Tomorrow you shall eat meat, for you have wept in the hearing of the Lord, saying, Who will give us meat to eat? For it was well with us in Egypt. How easy it is to forget that you were a slave there. Mm. And you shall eat not one day, nor two days, nor five days, nor ten days, nor twenty days, but a whole month until it comes out of your nostrils and becomes loathsome to you because you have despised the Lord who is among you and have wept before him saying, why did we ever come out of Egypt? Mm. How mm. sad. Very sad because they're the ones that were crying, deliver us from slavery. And God yeah. says, I have heard your cry. I'm going to do this. Mm. Uh, and, and sadly, you know, we, we're moving into this uh, story where they keep on complaining. And it's terrible because I, I was just reflecting on these verses, you know, do you think it would have been hard would have been hard for God to have given them you know the vegetables they were craving for all the other requests mm. but sometimes the way God leads you is the best way for our character development and for the work that God wants to do in our lives mm. and it comes down to this matter of do we really trust him do we believe the way he's leading us and sometimes too Abel I think it's easy for us to you know do yeah. a bit of finger pointing isn't mm. it and say well you know why do they complain but can we learn something uh, from this? Yes, we can, we can definitely learn a lot. And I think just uh, in one word, we know it'd be the, the idea of gratitude, you know, having an attitude of gratitude as you're working, as you're walking with God through your life journey to trust that the path he's guiding you on is the best path. And um, I don't have my, uh, my New Living Translation Bible here, but I'd like to, to read from my notes uh, from Psalm 37, verse 23, New Living Translation, uh, puts this verse in a, in a powerful way. And I think it really communicates a good message. It says this, the Lord uh, directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. And, you know, looking at our own lives and the lives of the Israelites, it was, it was God's intention to direct every single step of the way. And he delights in every single detail. So I think one of the main lessons we can learn from this story is that the journey may be rough. We may not know all the details, but we need to learn to trust that God is not going to withhold anything that might be good for us, but he's going to give it to us and learn to, to walk with him. 
I'd like to go on to the next chapter, gentlemen, uh, chapter 12 of Numbers. And uh, we're looking at verse 1. Then uh, Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. Uh, as if the complaints of the, the whole tribe were not enough. Uh, what else did Moses have to deal with here, John? Oh, I mean... Racism is nothing new. And, and here we, we have his brother and his sister turning against him for, for having married an Ethiopian woman. Mm. And uh, it said, so they said, has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it. And Moses was very humble, more than any man who were on the face of the earth. Okay, so that's verses two and three there. Yes. Mm. And, and this is where when you appear to be humble, you may be attacked, not only by the two million people you're looking after, mm. but even by your own family. And, and really, this is a very sad part of our lesson this week. Yeah, there's another text I'd like us to have a look at, uh, and those of you who are listening or viewing. Uh, it's in Micah, one of the little minor prophets at the end of the Old Testament. Micah chapter 6 and verse 4. And it's reflecting on this experience. For I brought you up from the land of Egypt. I redeemed you from the house of bondage. And I sent before you Moses, Aaron and Miriam. What can we learn from this, Abel? Well, I mean, we, we see from in the Bible that the three of them were recognized as leaders of Israel, mm. that God used all three of them as a team uh, to take the whole nation of Israel out of Egypt. And uh, we know, for example, after they crossed the Red Sea, Miriam led the nation into a song of praise and gratitude and, and thanking God for that great miracle. Mm. And Aaron had a, a significant role in that leadership. He was a spokesperson for God because Moses, you know, declined that, that offer uh, to speak for God. So all three of them uh, initially started strong, united and together. But then later on, as we, we have seen, you know, God has brought more helpers. We've got those 70 elders and Miriam and Aaron felt in a way threatened that their authority, their ability to, to look over people was going to be diminished. And I think they started to be envious and jealous. And they were questioning Moses. They were questioning God. And we've got uh, a few verses that I want to share with you from uh, Numbers chapter 12, verses 4 and 5. And this is what it says. Suddenly the Lord said to Moses, Aaron and Miriam, so the three of them, Come out, you three, to the tabernacle of meeting. So the three came out. And verse 5, Then the Lord came down in the pillar of cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both went forward. So the three of them came out, but then the two of these two individuals, Aaron and Miriam, they were singled out in that instance. Hmm. So, so God has, has praise here in this story for, for Moses. And, and warning for Miriam and Aaron. How does he express that, Abel? Mm. Well, uh, let's, see, uh, <laughs> let's see what the Bible says. I like, I like the word suddenly. You know, yeah. God's got an instant response to this, hasn't he? Exactly. He, yeah. he doesn't delay. He's going to act because, mm. uh, you know, the leadership that was appointed by God 
was, uh, was attacked and God wanted to address the, the matter. So we got same, uh, same chapter in the same book, Numbers 12, verses 6 and 7. Then he said, this is God speaking to, to Aaron and Miriam, He now my words, if there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision, and I speak to him in a dream. So here we, f- we, we find this incredible revelation that God, when chooses to reveal himself to a prophet, he speaks to him through a vision or through a dream. Mm-hmm. And then verse 7, not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. And he, uh, I guess, emphasizes the relationship that God had with Moses that he was appointed to this role of leadership mm. and that Miriam and Aaron couldn't really question the decision that God had made in appointing Moses as a leader. And I think one of the, the counsels we can take from here is sometimes we may not agree with, with people or we may be jealous or envious of their roles, but it is God who appoints and it guides uh, you know, the nation. Mm. So what happened to, uh, to Miriam, John? No, oh dear. Verse 10, when the cloud departed from above the tabernacle, suddenly Miriam became leprous, as white as snow. Mm. Then Aaron turned toward Miriam, and there she was, a leper. Sometimes God can be very dramatic in dealing with people who challenge the spirit of prophecy. And this is where when God tells you to do something, then just be prepared to accept it and do it. Mm. Otherwise, when God removes the cloud, then sin is revealed because that's what leprosy is a symbol of in the scriptures. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, so why wasn't Aaron uh, afflicted with leprosy too, too Abel? Do you got any thoughts on that? I mean, you know, a superficial uh, reading would say, oh, probably he wasn't as guilty as Miriam, but we think... You know, the Bible says otherwise. He, he was actually guilty. Well, if, sometimes there's, there's, there's a reason for, there, there is a, for a, a, yeah. a sequence of naming, you know, people, you know, and mm. Miriam was actually mentioned first. Uh, so she may have been the prime she mover. She could have been inst- instigator. Yeah. And then Aaron, instead of, you know, stopping her in her tracks, he, he actually joined her in that rebellion. If we're looking at uh, Numbers 12, uh, verse 11, it says this, so Aaron said to Moses, O oh my Lord, please do not lay this sin on us in which we have done foolishly and which we have sinned. So Aaron definitely admits and confesses yeah. his sin. And probably one of the reasons why God stopped this leprosy from coming upon Aaron is that he was serving as a high priest. Mm-hmm. And had he been leprous uh, or had he had leprosy, he could not have gone into the temple or into the tabernacle and minister on behalf of the people. So probably this was one of the reasons why he mm. didn't receive the, the punishment. But I think what's most uh, important from here is uh, what goes on in the story. Verse 12, it says, Please do not let her be as one dead, whose flesh is half consumed when he, when he consumes out of his mother's womb. So Moses cried out to the Lord saying, Please heal her, O God, I pray. And I'll just stop here at verse 13. Mm. Uh, what's really important, Moses is the one that intercedes, if I can say, if I can stretch the idea, he intercedes for his enemies. Because to some extent, Miriam and Aaron had turned against him. They were attacking his integrity. They were attacking his leadership. In a way, they had become his enemies. But Moses is the very one that shows love for his enemies. 
and uh, intercedes mm. for their healing, for their forgiveness and well-being. Yeah, so the, uh, the skin condition was only temporary for her. Yes, mm. yes. Uh, let's move on in the story to chapter 13 of Numbers. And I'm going to read verses 1 and 2. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan which I am giving to the children of Israel from each tribe of their fathers. You shall send a man, everyone a leader among them. So, so 12 spies were sent into the, the promised land, John. And what did they, they come and report? Oh, Caleb came back all excited, but the others weren't. Chapter 13, verse 27. Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. Mm. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Verse 28. Nevertheless, uh, here we go. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified, very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Oh dear, oh dear. So their report was very, very negative. Mm. Once again, they were complaining. <laughs> uh, although it's interesting a little further on in the next chapter, of chapter 14, verse 6, that that Joshua is mentioned as well, isn't he? So you've got Joshua, the son of Nun and Caleb. So the two out of the 12 uh, had a positive report to, to bring. Um, so we, we again, we see this spirit of complaint against Moses and, and Aaron. Uh, what was the, the outcome, Abel, of this complaint? Yeah, so look, in order to, to really get a picture of the outcome, we need to go to Numbers chapter 14, and I'll read, first of all, uh, verse 2, it says, And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in the wilderness. So again, you know, no, no gratefulness for being set free <laughs> from that terrible life they had as slaves. Mm. Um, and they were wishing they were back there. And what God is suggesting is recorded in, um, in Numbers 14, verse 12. And it says, I will strike them with pestilence and disinherit them, and I will make you a nation greater and mightier than they. So here God is proposing to Moses, you know what? I'll scrap this whole plan. I'll mm -hmm. destroy them, get rid of them. But you, Moses, I will build you up into a great nation. It sounds very similar to the promise that was given uh, many centuries before to Abraham. You know, that I will take you and I'll build you into a great nation. And uh, what we find really interesting, you know, Moses could have been very flattered and said, oh, this sounds like a great idea because I've had enough of these people. You know, we could make a new start. Mm. But no, that wasn't his response. Mm. So how did Moses respond, John? Amazing. This man who had suffered so much. In verse 19, he said, pardon the iniquity of the people, I pray, according to your greatness of your mercy, just as you have forgiven this people, from Egypt until now. Then the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word. Hmm. Here Moses was an intercessor and pleaded for the people who were trying to, they didn't know what they were doing hmm. anyway. Hmm. And, and so Moses was a remarkable man. 
Where do we see this kind of intercessory spirit in the New Testament, uh, Abel? Yeah. Oh, look, probably the, the most uh, glorious example is Jesus Christ himself, our Lord and Savior. Mm. In, uh, in Gospel of John chapter 17, uh, we've got his prayer, uh, uh, Jesus' prayer recorded uh, right before his crucifixion. And in that prayer, he was praying actually for others. In verse um, uh, 9, we are told, I pray for them. And I do not pray for the world, but for those who you have given me, for they are yours. So here we're talking about the disciples. Jesus was spending time interceding for the disciples, for their faith, for their strength, uh, for their ability to remain faithful to God until the end. But what I like about this is that 2,000 years ago in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus was thinking of us here on this panel, and he was thinking of our viewers. Mm. Uh, Because we have uh, this recorded in verse 20 of John 17, and it says, I do not pray for these alone, referring to the disciples, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. So 2,000 years ago, in that prayer, he was mentioning us, talking here and those that are viewing the spirit of intercession. Mm. So God forgave the sins of the complaining Israelites, uh, but there were consequences, weren't there, John? 38 years of wandering in the wilderness, And here, um, it's the price that they paid for Mm. the rebellion that they had. Mm. And it was only Caleb and Joshua who who survived that experience. Uh, Who were over the age of 20. And these two men were rewarded because Mm. they led the children of Israel into the promised land. So how did the Israelites respond to God's judgment, Abel? Well, I think it's a great uh, sort of end of story because they they finally got the message in a way, uh, but then they reacted quite wrongly. In, in Numbers 14, beginning with verse 39, it says, Moses told these words to all the children of Israel and the people mourned greatly. So we, we have this great response. They were convicted. Mm. They said, look, we have done wrong. You know, we complained. We weren't happy. This is wrong. But what happens next is, is not that great. And they rose early in the morning, verse 40, and went up to the top of the mountain, saying, Here we are, and we will go up to the place which the Lord has promised, for we have sinned. So it's like, we didn't have faith, but now we have faith. We're just going to go and and take possession of this land. Mm, And Moses said, Now, why do you transgress the command of the Lord? For this will not succeed. Do not go up, lest lest you be defeated by your enemies, for the Lord is not among yeah. So the danger is that sometimes we repent, but then we move ahead without consulting with God, without trying to understand His will for our next step. As we have read recently in Psalms, they saying the Lord delights in the steps of His children. And mm. I don't think they were patient enough to find out what's next. Yeah. I'd like to, in conclusion, to bring us to a text in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, chapter 10, verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But here's the promise. Mm. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. You know, sometimes we fall into the trap of looking for peace in the wrong places. Like Israel, we can make decisions with bad consequences. Later we come to regret those choices but God can still show us his grace even when we mess up. Restlessness and rebellion are often the result of a lack of faith. The heavenly promised land now awaits spiritual Israel. 
Let us have the faith of Caleb and Joshua and go up to possess it. Well, we're glad you joined us on Let God Speak. Uh, Remember, all past programs plus teacher's notes are available on our website, 3abnaustralia.org.au. Email us if you wish on lgs at 3abnaustralia.org.au. Join us again next time. Until then, God bless. You have been listening to Let God Speak, a production of 3ABN Australia Television. To catch up on past programs, please visit 3abnaustralia.org.au. Call us in Australia on 02 4973 3456 or email radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We'd love to hear from you.